Hi, and welcome to a small, medium, at large podcast. I'm your host, Gail Heisen, bringing you intimate stories that heal. Uh, we're coming on to the end of the year 2022, and it's been a really exciting year. We have over a thousand subscribers now, and we've had an assortment of amazing and wonderful guests from scientists to uh, artists, to musicians, to even our famous Tommy Chong that aired. So we've been all over trying to see stories from all kinds of people sharing their intimate healing. Today, we have a very special guest to end our year with named Whitney McNeil. And I wanna tell you a little bit about Whitney. She is a certified medium, an intuitive development teacher, creator of the Messenger of Spirit Oracle Cards, and she is also host of the Spiritual and Ambitious Podcast. I'm hoping to be a guest on her show one day. Her widely popular program, Four Intuitive Languages, is the go-to intuitive development course for spiritual and ambitious souls to understand their intuition and communicate with their spirit guides. She's helped over 20,000 people connect to spirit. And I can't think of a better, more wonderful thing than to have done that. So let's welcome Whitney here today. Hi, Whitney. Hi, Gail. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. And I'm looking forward to seeing what spirit wants us to talk about. <laughs> we have our intentions, but we'll see what spirit wants to share and what messages come through too. This is, it's very, it's, it's really fun having someone to speak to about things that we both experience and having, it's, it's a kind of a certain camaraderie or whatever we want to call this word but uh, it feels just very comfortable just sitting here with you and we're just meeting for the first time today. I think it was, was it Rhonda Grant who mm -hmm. recommended uh, that we get together because she thought we'd be a very good match. And she's been just a really lovely woman sending me all kinds of interesting people. So thank you, Rhonda out there. <laughs> Shout out to Rhonda for sure. She's so yeah. sweet. Very sweet woman. And where are you? Where are we speaking to you from today? I am in Sedona, Arizona. So I am currently actually really cold here. It snowed the other day. Um, but as you know, the energy out here is, is very intense and really lovely. So that's what guided me to, it kind of drew me here as a beacon. And we moved our family here in 2014 without a formal plan it was only by my intuition and we got a house sight unseen. Obviously it was a really great decision for us. Uh, we're still here and we've had a lot of success and it's interesting how spirit gives you those nudges and you just follow, right? I, I've lived that way for my almost most of my life. <laughs> Which mm -hmm. brings me to my first question. I, I really always love to find out what's happened in the childhood that has possibly propelled people to going towards avenues of the spirit or avenues of healing or these other different things. Often it's something in the childhood that either supported it or was exactly the opposite. And I, I experienced both. And I'd love to hear what your childhood was like that was on this path that led you to where you are today. Sure. So when I was young, I saw things and they were actually pretty scary to me because I didn't know what they meant and I didn't know how to make sense of it. And I remember very vividly when I was a child, I saw a man's shadow because it was at night in the middle of the night in my doorway and it kept coming closer and closer. And I thought it was my dad, but when I kept saying, dad, 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 he never would say, Hey, <laughs> so I, eventually screamed and ran right to my mom and dad's room and made them check for footprints. It was that real to me and there were no footprints. So I had experiences like that, but mom and dad, bless their hearts, they didn't know what to say. So they said, you know, honey, you're just making this up for, you know, you've got a vivid imagination. But those experiences really set me down a path of exploration. They were so real to me when someone would call, I knew who it was. And oftentimes I knew if there was an important message, why they were calling on the phone. And I really wanted to explore. And I did. And I gathered from books and meditations, some things to do to open up even more fully. 
which led me to having an experience when I was in my early 20s and a woman sat at the edge of my bed with, she had a pink shirt and red hair. And I screamed to the top of my lungs, go to the light, you're dead. Go, go away, go away. And I put the covers over my head. And I, I, from that moment on, shut my guides out and I shut my energy out. And when I did that, I spent several years going down a path that wasn't really aligned. I wasn't living my life from my intuition anymore because I was too afraid to see anything, which led me to a job I really was not a fit for. And I was working so much, a marriage that wasn't a fit, um, just all, you name it. I also went through a medical crisis where doctors didn't know what to do with me. Well, my aunt had the intuition to take me to this alternative healing center out in Arizona, where we live now. And I received different modalities to open my energy back up. I saw spiritual practitioners utilizing their abilities to help people. And in four days, I was able to go on a hike in the desert, whereas before I was getting ready to apply for disability and I couldn't even make it from my bed to my doorway without resting. It was a to me, it was a miracle. So much so that when I flew back, I was living in North Carolina at the time, my dad was picking me up at the airport and he'd just stare at me and keep driving. He did this twice. And I called him on the phone and I said, why aren't you stopping? You're supposed to stop. You know, you can stop here. I need to get in. And he said, oh my gosh, are you the person in the red hat? And I said, yeah. And he said, oh my gosh, I thought it looked like you, but it, this person had way too much energy to be you. So it was this radical transformation, which then led me to really embracing my abilities. And I have a real passion to help everybody understand their intuitive abilities and how it's not scary because so many beautiful things, as you already know, can develop when you connect to your spirit guides and you really open up to receive their messages. So were you in your twenties then or... At that time, when I shut everything down, I was in my early 20s. And when I started opening everything back up, I was in my late 20s. So it gave me about five years or something in between there. And that was enough. It was just such a life-changing moment when I started to open back up fully. And I did find a mentor to help me with that because I had so many questions. I didn't want to run away again. And that was very instrumental. And another reason why I'm so passionate about teaching people and helping people, because I know what an impact having a mentor was for me. And I want to be there for other people who may have some of the same questions that I did. Who was your mentor back then? My mentor was Bob Benz and we had a little journey together. So I was a student of his. He really helped in mediumship. And then we started teaching together. And we taught a workshop in Lilydale, New York. And then we also started a spiritualist church together in Greensboro, North Carolina. So he was my mentor and then became my friend and my colleague as well. And now he's in spirit uh, and he still visits and I still talk to him. And, and that's such a beautiful ability to be able to talk to spirit and still connect with those who've gone before us. There's... Do you find that there's different levels of connecting with spirit? Like I find that there's some people who talk about their spirit guides and they know their names, they know what they look like, they can call upon them. Uh, I, I was wondering if that's considered an advanced knowing of spirit guide or if that's usually the route or how does that work? I, you know, I think that our spirit guides are just really happy that we acknowledge them in the first place and all spirit guides are different. So some spirit guides are really chatty and want to talk to you and also want to make sure that you know their name, whereas other spirit guides don't really go by name and they might want to be called upon by a color or a feeling of something like that. And then there are some spirit guides that kind of feel like, ah, eh, names aren't important. I'm just here. And it's so interesting because introverts generally attract introverted spirit guides. They don't give a whole lot of information. Now there'll be some differences, but extroverts will usually attract extroverted spirit guides. And it's so interesting to see the differences. Sometimes when I used to do readings, I no longer do one-on-one -on -one readings, but when I used to, I would sometimes have somebody who I would say, hello, how are you? 
And I would think to myself, gosh, I could totally see myself going out, you know, with them to coffee or something like that. Like, you know, I really like this person. And then I'd go to read them and it was like, like trying to get that message, you know, a little bit here and a little bit there. And it's because they're an introvert and they had introverted spirit guides. So you could say that the more that you work with your guides, the more you will know about them, but it all is about a rapport, just like any relationship. Communication is so important and really key. And in any relationship, it's just the same. So the more we talk to them, or the more we get to know them, the more they'll share information with us. But some guides are just that way. I used to do Reiki sessions and I would have a spirit guide come in for healing. And I could see my spirit guide very vividly. I would see what he looked like. And I'd have all these signs and symbols about him, but I never really communicated with it. It was like, he was very stoic and it was more of a knowing. And then I would have another spirit guide that would tell me lots of things, you know, and be very communicative. And then I had a spirit guide and this is a really beautiful story. So I never saw what this person looked like in spirit, but I kept being guided to broken arrow. And when I would talk to my spirit guides, I'd literally see a broken arrow. So much so that in Sedona, there's actually a road that's broken arrow road. And I would be guided to that too. And so I said, okay, I know that your name is broken arrow. And finally I said, you know, what do you help me with? And he said, I help you with people who feel like they can't find their direction. I help you with repairing that through your readings and the people that you're working. So I help them find their purpose and their direction. I thought that was so beautiful, but I never ever saw what the spirit looked like. I just saw an arrow. <laughs> so it's so different. And just like we are. I, I, I've had different, a lot of different experiences in the spirit guide thing. But my first experiences was other people telling me, do you know how many spirit guides you have? And I would just sort of look around and I'd say, no, you know, I don't know. And then it would either be a psychic or a medium or somebody I was having a reading from or something like this, or maybe even a healing. I'd be going in for a healing with someone. But my most amazing response to that was having um, a Mongolian shaman come to my house that I had met in ceremony in Mongolia. And she came to visit. And she stayed for, you know, five days or something. And then she was on to go to Chicago or wherever her next traveling was. And she spoke no English. So we didn't have, you know, uh, that kind of communication, but we had telepathic communication. And all of a sudden she reappeared back at my door. And I said, I thought you left for Chicago. She said, I saw that there's just too many spirits around you. I have to initiate you as a Mongolian shaman. So wow. whatever my spirits were, they spoke to her in whichever languages it is, because it's not in Mongolian or English. And um, it is what guided her to come back here and do a seven day ceremony that we had to prepare for. So I've had other people telling me about my spirits, but I wasn't, I just have had like different momentary connections. And I always used to feel like, are these people making this up where they're saying, oh, my guide is right here and this is happening and I can see them and they look like this. And so it always made me wonder whether this was really real or they were making this up. But now, of course, years have gone by and I know how real this is. And I find that some of the things you're saying are really resonating with what my experience is, which is the knowingness. You mm -hmm. said that in the beginning, you would just have a knowingness with this. And that's it seems that the more you acknowledge or say, yes, thank you for telling me, or I appreciate the guidance, then it seems that the voice gets louder. So I always tell the guests or the people who are watching the show that whenever you hear that little voice inside you, let the voice get louder and acknowledge it. And it's never steered me wrong. Absolutely. And it comes in so many different ways. You know, we can see our spirit guide, we can hear our spirit guide, we can know that they're there, and we can feel their presence. And so many times people who only know, or only feel think they're doing something wrong, because they are not feeling like they should, they feel like they should see, or they feel like they should hear. 
And really the more that we lean into the way our energy is constructed for us Mm -hmm. and how our spirit guides give us the message, the more prominent that rapport becomes between your guides and your guides are going to give you the messages in the fastest way, the way of least resistance possible. And so if you are someone who is an empath and you're feeling, that's how they'll send the message. If you're a channeler and it's just coming through your body or knowing, that's how they'll send the message. So I feel like that's so important. And to your point, I'm just going to say, I have read some people before and they had, I feel like, you know, so many spirit guides, 20 something spirit guides around them. And sometimes I would give them a message and they couldn't quite place it. And it's because they were a medium and they had all these spirits that were attracted to them and they didn't know that these guides even existed. So I understand (laughs) that story that you just spoke about and how beautiful is it that spirit is not encumbered by language. Mm -hmm. So I remember I've done some readings before where a person was incapacitated or a person spoke a different language and there would be a translator that came in. But what was really wonderful is that spirit would give me the answer before I even knew what the person was saying or what it what the person meant. And I remember this one time I was doing this presentation in a group. There was a scientist uh, in the back of the room. He raises his hand, he asks me a question, and it was some question with some word that I had no idea what it meant. But the great news is spirit gave the answer and I said what it was and I said do you understand the message? And he said, oh yeah, it makes total sense. And I said, well, that's great. Cause I have no idea what that was about. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wonderful how they do that. So is it another question I see a lot about is does the same spirit guide you've been working with, is that like some people say that that guide is with them their whole life. Some people say the spirit guides come and go. What's your feeling about that? Is it both or... I feel like it's both. So we have personal guides that are with us. And generally speaking, I've seen two to three guides for personal guides and personal guides generally guide us throughout our lives. They can teach us. So we have a teacher guide and our personal guides and we have a protector guide. Now, sometimes the guide and the teacher guide cross over or one of the other ones cross over, like meaning they fulfill two roles with one person. However, with that being said, Most of the time, these personal guides will stay with us most of our life, except for when someone goes through a tremendous change in their vibration. So if there is someone out there who does the same job and eats Cheerios every morning for breakfast and has the same routine, then chances are they're going to keep the same guides unless they get to a place where let's just say they have a life threatening situation and they go through a near-death experience and it's the same soul that comes back. I know there's different things with walk-ins, but let's say it's the same soul that comes back and they think, I've been wasting my life. Oh my goodness. I need to make an impact. Well, chances are they're going to get new guides because your spirit guides are going to be a higher vibration than you. However, they're not going to be so high that they just can't communicate with you. That would be like a kindergartner talking to a college professor, and that wouldn't work. And your spirit guides have to also be interested and aligned to the same types of things that you do in this earth plane, or they wouldn't necessarily be that beneficial either. So they can change, but most of the time, your personal guides stay the same. However, when you move into intuitive development or mediumship, you get different guides and those guides can shift and change. So spirit is always saying, do you, are, do you want to work with me? Are we working together? Am I fulfilling a purpose for you? Because one thing that we forget is we think of how spirit is helping us, but we're also helping them. And both of us as souls, Our goal is to raise our vibration as a soul to become lighter. And if you're not allowing them to do their job, then they're not able to raise their vibration. They're choosing being a spirit guide to help them ascend to a higher path. So sometimes we don't think about that. It's it's literally a a co-creation, but your personal guides pretty much say the same. Mediumship, are you using them? Are you working with them? Uh, Do you need the guide for how many readings are you doing? For intuitive development, you generally get a doorkeeper 
and you get a chemist and the chemist will help you with altering your etheric body to become more sensitive with your sensitivity receptors. And your doorkeeper will help you with making sure that spirit's not knocking on your intuitive door at 3 a.m. so that you're actually having a balanced life. <laughs> and those are really helpful. <laughs> They're really, really helpful guides. So now when you, for some time you did the one, I'm curious about this because people have often, since I've been doing the podcast, have contacted me, would I do a reading for them? Do I do readings? And I said, no, because I've never done them as any particular official thing like I do readings. I just have them when they happen and they just occur when I'm with a person and things come up and there's a knowingness, but I don't like sit down and say, let's do a reading together. I've done shamanic things, which are different, where we're setting up to do some sort of shamanic connection to spirits of deceased people, that which is like a different form than what we're talking about, meaning spirit guides. And um, I found that very interesting because one particular person, the person who was deceased was someone who had no interest in anything spiritual while he was alive, nor while he's dead. And it was the first time where I came upon someone like with a wall saying, no, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> and yes. all times I had done the information just flowed. So it was a good teaching to see that you don't really enter into another space unless they allow you. Absolutely. It's a very, you know, it's an important thing to know, but I want to know about what, I don't know why, but I've just never been driven to want to do this one-to-one and um, I want to be helpful and of service, but that has never been like my calling for me on that level of come and give me a reading. And I'm wondering what you, how, how you grew from that and why you stopped doing the one-to-ones. Yeah. So I kind of got pushed into mediumship. I, I feel like pushed from my spirit guides. So the funny thing was I was in this place where I wasn't fully accepting of my abilities and I was still in the mediumship closet, if you will. It's like, I didn't want to tell everyone, hey, hey this is what I've done. <laughs> I went to college for marketing and business and you know, here I was in a marketing job. And so I remember finding my mentor, Bob, who was a medium for like 35 years living in Lilydale, New York. Um, and he had moved down to North Carolina and I, I sought him out and he, he saw something that I had and I said, I'm really interested in mediumship. And he said, okay, well, we need to do an interview together. And I said, okay. And so he asked me all these questions and he's like, okay, well, you're going to have to do public messages, meaning you're going to stand up in front of a crowd and do messages. I was like, no, I can't do it. No. And he said, well, you're not ready. I'm not going to teach you. I'm not going to do the class. So I ended up basically begging him to teach me. And I had to do this in order for him to teach me. Uh, and so I, I did it and I loved it. And I saw the ahas and the validation that came from people's faces and how much I was helping them. So for me, it was this real passion. And I'm always in all of spirit, no minute, no matter how many years I've done it, like, oh, that's so neat that that came through, you know, that nugget of information came through. So I loved it. But again, spirit pushed me into teaching. I, when I was a child, I would pretend I was a teacher, but as I grew up, I never wanted to be an actual teacher in a school system. So I had started because I had so many people when I would do readings. Do I have this gift too? Do I have this ability? Can I do this? How do you do what you do? Can you teach me? Can you teach me? Can you teach me? Can you teach me? So I made a class and I started to teach the class and do one-on-ones. Well, I only had so much time and I kept feeling this real push to just go full-time into teaching. And I said to spirit, I don't know if I can do that. You know, I'm, I'm now full-time in my business and my income's coming this way and everybody's wanting the readings. Well, I've always asked spirit when I was too afraid to do anything, I said, please force my hand. And I have to invite them to do that. They're not going to just do it. Well, my throat just shut down. I could not talk anymore. It was literally like, you now have no choice but to stop doing the readings. <laughs> which I did. So I sent out my email. I can't do readings anymore. I'm doing full-time teaching. And that's really what I truly wanted to do. And it worked out really well. 
So that's pretty much how it happened. I also wanted to make a larger impact and I started to feel, well, with these one-on-ones, it's really beautiful, but I, I want to be able to help people on a larger scale. And it goes back to my mission, especially from when I was a child, I want to be there for people who also have these experiences and every single person's intuitive. They just have to develop it. Right. I want to be a mentor for someone. And I felt like doing readings was taking away that time that I could be spending on really where I felt my mission was. And you could reach, like I found from this starting this podcast that I've reached more people than I ever could imagine. And I always feel like with every show that we have, if just even one person has some sort of healing experience where they connect to one of the people that's a guest or it helps them along their way or whatever it is, then that's my job is done. It doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily maybe a hundred people are gonna get affected. It's however many do. And each time it gets affected and it's sort of like that ripple in the pond. And it's, you know, the internet and, and, and technology has made that more possible for us to reach out to people in larger areas and to be able to connect. I, I've been finding this, I didn't know how there were so many people in England that were so much interested in the paranormal and mm-hmm. like that, that they're fascinated by these guests and things that, that, that are on these shows. So I think there's a general hunger or yearning or, you know, to be able for people to step into finding out, you know, people get so involved in their work and their job and they're providing for their family and getting their responsibilities that they forget about their inner self or their guides or those uh, uh, spirits that have been there to help. And you don't even realize sometimes when they're there. Now, some people, I was wondering what you thought about this. Some people refer to this as higher self. Some people refer to this as angels. But I was listening to some of your podcasts and I was thinking, were you referring to the spirit guides as completely separate from, say, angels? Or could you talk a little bit about that for our guests? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, spirit guides are completely different than angels. And spirit guides generally have lived a a lifetime on earth before, whereas angels have not. And spirit guides generally will have that knowledge of the earth plane, at least one experience where they can really get nitty gritty with us. They specialize in a certain area. So for an artist and then possibly most likely your spirit guide is going to specialize in art in some way, shape or form. What I've seen for angels is they can be called upon by anyone. And most of the time your spirit guides are just assigned to you. So they're really in alignment with your energy and your contract, what lessons you need to learn and those things. I think of my spirit guides as my team or my assistants helping me throughout my life. And angels will generally have this energy, this they emanate a beautiful energy of either love, protection, healing. And with angels, they will come in and intervene sometimes, but I don't necessarily see them consistently in someone's daily life. It's just sometimes people use spirit guides and angels synonymously because they feel more comfortable with the term angels. Now, sometimes people feel like their loved ones are their guides, but nine times out of 10, that's not the case because Your loved ones aren't necessarily a vibrational match. They don't have the skill set that you have. Oftentimes you already have spirit guides and when they pass over into spirit, there's really not a role for them and they have to go through a training process themselves as well. And one of the main reasons we don't want our loved ones to be our guides is because they're subjective, right? And, you know, your spirit guides are objective. So for instance, like you said, sometimes there's a spirit Uh, that might be like, I don't want anything to do with this. You know, this, I, perhaps they were really against uh, talking to spirit or they were raised in a specific religion or something of that sort. And so then it would just wouldn't make sense, you know, to be a spirit guide for people either. So Mm -hmm. spirit guides are higher vibrational and have uh, training. And one of the things I'll say too, is, you know, our spirit guides are like the certified electricians. They know all the codes of our energy. They know how to best get the messages across our loved ones in spirit are never going to do anything to try to hurt us, but they're kind of like the handy person. They don't know all the codes, but you know, they'll, they can get a message through to us if possible. 
but it might not be the most efficient. So it's always best to talk to your loved ones through your spirit guides. Oh, so through the spirit guide, not even a direct communication. I would say, look at your spirit guides as the translators, mm -hmm. because your spirit guides will be more efficient and effective and make sure that you get the message. But what's really interesting is if you do have a loved one in spirit there, you're still able to see the loved one in spirit, but they're communicating through your spirit guide so that they're giving you the information instead of your loved one directly having to do that. So you could still talk to them out loud, but invite your spirit guides to kind of do the back and forth of the relaying of messages. I find my gut and my intuition are very tied together. And I have to say, I can look across my entire lifetime and never say that my gut intuition ever guided me incorrectly. Absolutely. It has never happened. It, it is that, and, and what can you, I mean, where can you say that about something where it has always given you the proper direction or proper guidance? Um, I was wondering if you wanted to talk a little bit about, I thought it was very sweet when I read that you started your, got your first, uh, deck of cards to read. I don't know if it was an Oracle deck or a Tarot deck or whatever it was, but it was a gift to you when you were like 14 or something. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's exactly when I received my first gift of that. Uh, I love and that. I, I started doing readings. I still have the original deck that I was given then. And um, I, I feel like when I was listening to things about you, I feel like there were similar things on the path that was taking us to where we are. And uh, I found that those were a really wonderful tool as a teenager to be able to do readings with your friends and for them then to start learning about things through the cards. And I found it a very positive experience. And apparently I gave some very good readings because recently someone came back to me and told me that when I had seen them, I hadn't seen them in 40 years. And they said that I had done a reading and told them they were gonna be a farmer. And I said, that's, 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 I said, I don't remember what the reading was. He said, yeah, you gave me this reading. You told me I'd be a farmer. He said, now I live in upstate New York with chickens and I farm and I do all <laughs> So great. <laughs> so it was just great to have a feedback 50 years later from a tarot card reading. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. So can you talk a little bit about your deck? Because I thought it, like, I was looking at the, it looks, it's very beautiful. And mm, I was wondering you. Uh, how you find the, the like I, I'm also a Reiki master also like you <laughs> and um, I think all of these things have given us more tools to work with in our uh, work that whatever it is that we do with spirit or spirit guides so, yeah. so what what propelled you to want to make a deck and what is your deck about Sure. So after doing over 10,000 readings, I, at the very end of the reading, would always use someone else's deck. And it was a great way to have a tangible validation of whatever I said during the reading. So I would only use them at the very end. And it was this nice aha, like, hey, if you didn't believe me here, you know, here, you just pick this card. Um, but when I was looking at everyone's deck, there was just always something missing for me. So I really felt a calling back in 2012 to create my own Oracle card deck from spirit based on what the most common questions were or topics and the answers that I would see more so as a repetition. So I created the Messenger of Spirit Oracle deck really more so inspired from spirit. And with each card, there are different elements on the card that I can share with you here in a minute to draw your attention to. But before I, I show you the deck, I wanted to say, you know, sometimes we rely too much on decks and I created the deck specifically to help people. And it's just another tool to strengthen your intuition and strengthen the connection with your spirit guides so that I don't want people to utilize only the deck to strengthen their connection. So I did write a book with the meanings but I tell everybody, hey, put that book to the side, you know, just use your intuition. And so funny, I have a friend who is a medium and she ordered my deck and she pulled out the card and she's like, no, 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 don't feel connected. I'm going to throw it back into the pile. So she shuffled and she got the same card and she's like, Ugh. so she reads my book and it says, you know, those people who refuse to receive a message and shuffle the deck three times and pull the same card. <laughs> Don't, don't be one of those people. And she goes, oh, 
oh my gosh. I was like, see, you have to connect. You know, this is your message. So that was really fun. And and the it's really cheeky, the book um, as well. But this is the deck. And so I started my business. I named it Messenger of Spirit from the Hawk. So I definitely wanted to have the Hawk here because really it's all about perspective. And Hawk is such a great messenger. And the deck um, looks like this. Mm -hmm. And on the cards, there's different symbols. So for an example, one of the things I'll say is you can look at the message and see what the message is. You can look here to see where your intuition is guiding you. You can look at the numbers because there's numerology and that might stand out. You can look at the symbols. Maybe there's something here. It can even be the night sky or the stars or if you're pulling several different cards, you might start to see a pattern of blue and maybe you're drawn here. So what I'll teach people is when you talk to your spirit guides, get the message and then pull some cards and see what comes through for you. And, you know, oftentimes the message you can't even read in the book and you can, there's some. But sometimes the message doesn't necessarily rely in the actual words, but more so the color. So this could represent sacral chakra and solar plexus, or this could represent angel wings. And it's so interesting. I have somebody on my team and she's been with me for years. She was one of my very first clients way back when, when I lived on the other side of the U.S. doing readings. And now she's working for me. And so she's really adept to all this. And she said, pull a card for me. So I pulled a card for her and it was the card of the empath and what the number said and what the message said really had nothing to do with her question. And I showed her the card. I said, I feel like you're supposed to see it because she works virtually. And she goes, oh, I got my message. It is the red, orange, and yellow. It's all about my lower chakras. That's what I needed to know. And it was so interesting. So the more that you work with your cards, the more that you start to trust spirit. And sometimes we do just need a little bit of a tangible validation right in front of us so that we know, okay, I got the message. I, I, I wanted to, there was something you said a little while ago, but I just wanted to say it again, because I think it's um, important, at least it is for me. And I think you validated this is that all the information that comes through me or however you want to call it and i do a lot of work i'm i've been a subject in a lot of scientific experiments since 1998 and i always no matter how many times i've done a remote viewing no matter how many times someone has come to my house for a shamanic blessing or healing or whatever words we want to use i never take that for granted i can never be one of these people that i see you know, on YouTubes or things, oh, I do this and I'm very good at this or whatever. I always feel that it's each time it's a surprise. It, it is. Feels, and it doesn't matter. I've been doing this for, you know, almost 50 years. It doesn't matter. It always feels like, oh, not like, oh yeah, I do this right. You know, I've never taken it for granted. It always feels like something to just say thank you. It's not something that I feel I expect is going to always happen every time or somehow I'm tuned into the direct communication so I can always the John Edwards types. I mean, these people that go on the road and make fortunes of monies on, you know, like people's pains and losses. I never feel that way. I always feel like it's always a surprise. I'm always grateful and it doesn't matter for how many years I've been experiencing it. I never take it for granted. Mm -hmm. And I was getting that kind of feeling from you also. Am I correct in that? That it's something that you. Yeah, I feel like we always need to be surprised with spirit because it's not us doing it. <laughs> so right. we're not the ones healing the people. We're not the ones that, you know, have the power here. It's spirit. And so after the readings and even years later, people will say, oh my gosh, the reading was amazing. And I'll say, well, I'm glad spirit could come through for you so clearly because it's not me, you know, right. it's not. And I feel like uh, when, if you don't take that stance, it can get to your head. 
and then people can get really off off track. And I feel like if you're not feeling surprised by spirit all the time, uh, something's wrong. I, I feel like you're not on your path or something's out of alignment. And it's it's always uh, in all, and it's, it's always. I'll just say this every time, and it sounds like I'm a teenager. I'll say that's so cool. <laughs> every <laughs> time, <laughs> I just, you know, it's like, oh, that's so neat. And I, I get surprised by it all the time. And you know, some people might say, well, why are you surprised? You know, like, are you not confident in it? And I'm like, no, confidence is just really neat. Like, you know, <laughs> just said it, and then here's a card or whatever and it comes to pass. Well. I'd like to ask, unless you don't have the time for this, but I was wondering if you could share what the five steps to spirit communication are for our mm -hmm. listeners. Sure. So I feel like the first step to know is who your guides are, who you're talking to. And, and we actually kind of covered this. So knowing that you're talking to your spirit guides, <laughs> I think that that's the most important thing. And then also really set a time in your day to connect with them. So I'd like everybody listening to pull out your calendar or just make a commitment in your mind and you can say it out loud or with intuitive thought, meaning your in inner thought, your reading voice with the intention, your spirit guides hear it and set a time to talk to your guides. And it only takes five to 15 minutes every day. So sometimes people don't do this because they feel like it takes forever and I said, you know, if I were to tell you to meditate on a mountain for uh, uh, an hour, you would never talk to your spirit guides because you're not going to carve out an hour every day, which is fine if you want to meditate, but you know, that's the hurdle. So five to 15 minutes every day. And if you cannot pick a time like 10 AM or, you know, 2 PM, whatever, attach it to a consistent part of your day before I go to bed, right after I wake up, after I brush my teeth, when I'm drinking my coffee, whatever it is, so that it feels like it really does work for you. So consistency is going to be really important. Knowing who your guides are and consistency is really important. And then um, when you are there, you need to actually communicate to your guides. <laughs> so you have to welcome them. And this is where people say, well, what do I say? You know, what do I do? So you can talk to them out loud, like Gail and I are talking to one another, or you can do it with intuitive thought and actually say to them, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for the hunch yesterday, or thank you for that gut feeling and all the things that you're appreciative above, but then tell them what's going on in your world. Tell them what's going on in your day and what you need help with. So ask them for insight and guidance in your situations. This can be health. This can be relationship. This can be where you're living. This can be your business, whatever this might be. So for an example, when I used to do readings, I'd say, I want to talk to all my personal guides and teachers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I've got this situation going on with my daughter and I'd ask for help. All right. I have to go to the doctor. I've got this thing going on, you know, please give me some guidance as to what I can do to help this. Mm -hmm. Then I would say, okay, now I want to talk to my mediumship guides and teachers all right, we have five readings today. Let's do the highest and the best. Let's go with the highest and the best energy we've ever gone and give the best messages possible for spirit to come through for this person. So it's really about that communication with what's going on. Mm -hmm. Now there's two parts to communication. <laughs> you've done one when you've talked to your guides, but you have to actually receive the message, which we'll do here in a minute. But the next step, so we've done the three parts, right? Know who they are. We're going to be consistent. We're going to communicate. We've got to clear our mind. So this is where a lot of times people get very confused because they feel like, well, was that a message or was that not a message? Did I make that up or what was going on? And that's because a lot of times people are trying to get messages at the grocery store or, you know, while they're driving. And I mean, let's be real. We'll all get some messages while we're driving, but we need to actually do this in our meetings every day. Now, why do we do this? Well, one, we clear our mind because it's a great safety precaution. We don't need to be dragging somebody else's message if you're doing mediumship, or you don't need to be dragging spirit's message through your mind. So your mind lives outside of your body. And so what you want to do is create a super highway for spirit. So if your mind's out here, we need to create a highway so that when the message drops down either into your pineal gland or your solar plexus 
that you're getting clear messages from spirit without being tainted by what you're thinking. So how do you clear your mind? And I'd love to share an exercise if that's okay with you. Yes, please. Okay. So really easy. This can take five seconds. And the way I teach students, I teach in different ways to clear your mind based on your intuitive language. And I give lots of exercises, but I'm going to use one here today that can touch on all of the different ones. So I'd like for you to close your eyes and visualize a dry erase board or a chalkboard, whatever works best for you. And I want you to just see a bunch of stuff written. You don't even have to make out the words. And if you can't see, just know that a bunch of stuff's there on the chalkboard or dry erase board. And so now I'd like for you to physically take your arm and imagine that you're picking up a dry eraser or it can be an eraser for chalkboard. And I want you to hold that eraser up on the chalkboard. And now I'd like for you to go up and down and you can even hear the squeak of the eraser and it's erasing all the things that are on the board now you could feel kind of overwhelmed with all these things but the more that you erase these things you hear it you feel it your arms are moving up and down you're seeing it become blank you're feeling more clear more peaceful and then when that's complete, you drop your hand, your mind's clear. So you can do that in five seconds, the more that you practice it. And that's a great way to clear your mind. And you set that intention. When that chalkboard is clear, my mind is clear and I'm prepared to receive. You set your intention to remain in that place for as long as you're connecting to your spirit guides. So clearing your mind is really important. And that's what we've just done, which is really the fourth step. And then the fifth step is knowing your intuitive language. So receiving the messages from spirit and connecting. And this is where people also might get a little stumped because we are expecting, I'm expecting to see a message. I'm expecting to see a spirit or I'm, I'm going to hear their voice so clear or you know, I'm going to feel or know. And here's the reality. When spirit communicates with you, it happens like this. <laughs> it's really fast. We are heavy people on the earth plane, meaning we as humans live in bodies, meaning we are heavier than spirit. And spirit is very light and goes very fast. And so sometimes we feel like it's going to be this voice that says, with me, here is your message. <laughs> and it's not that way. It's oftentimes, you know, and I'm like, what? What was that? So a couple of things about this. Uh, expect the unexpected, be open and do not have any expectations. And I encourage everybody when they're doing this exercise to literally have bad posture and lay back in your seat. <laughs> because especially if you're a channeler and it comes through a knowing or your body, you need to be in a place to receive. And just allow spirit to give you the message coming through and be open to the different ways it will come in through a symbol or a color, or you're hearing something or you're feeling, or you get tingles or heat or cool, or you, your body reacts to something. Maybe it gets heavy, maybe it gets inspired. You just have a thought, the first thought that comes to your mind. And the more that you practice this, the more that you do this, the more you will start to receive. So some bonus tips here is what I'll say is don't try to focus, lose your focus and be a telephone. Telephones don't filter what comes through and neither should you. So you're getting information in through, you know, one area and the information's coming out the other area. So just be a telephone, let it come through to get your information. Another tip I'll say is that you can actually take your phone and voice record what you're receiving if you want to, or you could write them down if you'd like to as well. Sometimes people feel like writing distracts them, whereas other people feel like it's really helpful because they're getting the energy to flow. Mm -hmm. So try those different things. And that way too, you'll have a record of what you got because you're not going to remember what you got. And then you can go back and say, oh, that happened. That's so interesting how that happened. And so one of the things at the very end of your conversation, thank you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having this conversation with me. Um, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. 
So you want to close your conversation as well so that you're all on the same page. Now, why do we meet with our guides consistently? Well, one, the more you do this, the easier it is. When you start to train your intuitive muscle, it's similar to if I were to tell you to go run five miles, if you've never exercised, you're going to wear out. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. And so the more that you flex your intuitive muscle, you start to recognize, ah, oh, it's my intuition. I've got this. And another reason that I don't talk about a whole lot on podcasts, which I'm glad that this is the opportunity is with your spirit guides, they got other stuff they got to do. <laughs> you know, sometimes we just think they're there sitting around staring at us all day long. They have other things that they have to do. So when you are consistent, it's just like you're operating a business. You are saying, hey, Monday morning meeting, or here's our morning meeting. Let's all get on the same page. All right, break. You know, we all go do what we need to do. They need to create opportunities for you. If you're trying to talk to them all day long, it's like, oh, all right, hold on. What do you need? You know, and they're going to be there. They're happy that you're talking to them. But the more fluid that you can be in that moment and, and just get all the big ticket items said and talked about the easier it is. It doesn't mean that they won't communicate with you through the day, but you have to get on the same page because so many times people just think our spirit guides know what we need and they don't. It's like if you had an assistant and you drank a cup of coffee and you never talked to your assistant and your assistant said, hey, what kind of coffee would you like? And you just didn't answer. Well, your assistant's going to say, well, it looks like she's got cream in there and I don't know if she takes sugar. I'm going to try to replicate this and maybe, you know, you drink oat milk and your assistant gets cow's milk and you don't want sugar and, you know, your assistant does five packs. <laughs> it's like, you got to get on the same page. Uh, there's something you described that I've been trying to describe and you did it so well, but I have to relate what this is for when you went like this and it goes like this. It does. <laughs> I never thought of using the hand action. But uh, for more than 20 years, I've been a, a subject doing remote viewing for some of the scientists in the remote viewing uh, community. And um, I've currently been working with my friend, Russell Targ. We do remote viewing together every Friday. And I'm keeping a book of all our remote viewings and you know what the results are. What I try to express that nobody seems to get because I've never been trained as a remote viewer. I just sat down on the floor and just listened to what they wanted me to do when I just did these things. And for anyone listening who doesn't know what remote viewing is, it's describing an object or a photograph or a place that someone is in that's either in the future or in the present, but you describe it remotely. Well, the way I get my information from that is I always feel that there's a spirit giving me the answers about what the target is. And the way that I can test myself is the one that fleets by the that whether it's a thought or image that I can't really grab. It's so fast that you have to really be on top of it to see that it go so quick and say it's triangular, you know, or whatever it is that that fleeting thing is. And it's so different from thought. And it's so hard to separate that in your mind some of the time because thought is more something that kind of, it's in a cycle, it goes again and again, you hear it over and over. This information that comes on the remote viewings or access is not that way. It doesn't repeat and repeat. It floats by really fast, just like you did like that. <laughs> and you, I have to, you know, it's like a training in me to remember when I'm doing this to grasp the one that fleets by so quickly, not the one that's hanging out and saying circle, circle. The one that said triangle really quick that flew by, that's the real remote viewing <laughs> answer. So it's been an interesting training in other things to work like this because that when they say, oh, how are you looking at it? I don't know. I can't answer the answers. I don't, and every time it, when it works, I'm just always like, wow, <laughs> it was that. Exactly. Yeah, you know, the, and when our mind is clear, more of those things come in. It's just when we try to make sense of it. So this is a perfect that you mentioned this. So here's an example. I used to teach in-person mediumship and my mentor and I used to teach together as well. And in one of the classes, we had somebody that I was helping. So 
a little backstory as a mediumship teacher, you can see what other people are supposed to, to get in the class, but as a fellow medium, you never want to try to do that. If somebody's giving a, a public message, because it can kind of get in the way. But in this moment, I was seeing what the student was trying to receive and he was bringing in the uncle of someone and then a car did this. And he was like, mm, I don't think that's, that can't be right car you know <laughs> he made up a card as mine uh to the woman who said no uh he drove a black lincoln and that's what went by which was really great and i said okay so you need to start you know really just saying what you're getting fast but that's the problem is some so many times students want to take that message and analyze it and look at it look at all the details of it and it is important to do that for a certain extent because for an example, one student was bringing in a loved one and this person had sunglasses is what she said. But really, if you just would look at it a little bit more clearly, it was a glasses for a blind person and her aunt was blind. So it did make a difference. So it's this balance of how can I ask spirit to slow it down a little? And you can. So you can ask spirit, hey, can you slow it down just a little bit, but you still want it to be fast. So it does have that different vibration. And the more that you exercise your intuition, the more you recognize that's intuitive because that's fast and that energy is lighter than the hamster wheel of thought that keeps spinning in my mind. I love these stories. It's so nice to talk to somebody, you know, that gets it. It's like, oh yeah. And, you know, here's the story too. The, the other one you said, and then we'll start winding up. I'll just have to check out my questions. The other one you said was, um, what was it about? Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Um, spirit connection. Ah, oh, I just forgot the question I wanted to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> it might come back. We'll see. Maybe that was a spirit thought. <laughs> it went so fast. It went so guess. fast. It went right through. <laughs> so I, I, there's a couple things, you know, we're kind of winding down, but there's a couple things I wanted to end up with before we finish, which is um, any couple of tips you have on developing intuition and if you could just mention a little bit about you, you said you have a book coming up. I didn't know if you wanted to speak about that at all. And uh, and then if there's any any sites you want to mention for people who aren't looking at the actual description, but we will have your web links and all, all those things there. But in closing, I'd love if you say any that people might be interested that are listening right now that can, you know, just jot sure. it down. So sure. first, if you just go with tips to develop intuition. And then if we can go with your book and how people might be able to get in touch with you. Thank you. So one tip I would say is start now. Don't wait, just start talking to your spirit guides. So carve out those five to 15 minutes each day. Tell them what you're thankful for, what you need help with. Clear your mind, use the exercise I gave you, and then start with your guides. And really, if you can learn to put your intuition as a priority each day. You save a lot of time, money, and energy because you're not wasting your day on tasks on your to-do list that really are not meant for you in that day or meant for you in that moment. There's been so many times where my spirit guide said, no, just put that off till Friday. We've got you covered versus if I would have tried to do it, you know, I might be on hold with somebody for hours. It's, it's just so nice that they tell you these things. So just do it. Yes. And also let go of your expectation and really get in touch with how you specifically receive your intuitive messages. And it doesn't look like it does in the movies. It's your unique energy. There's nothing wrong with you if you don't see. There's nothing wrong with you if you don't hear. And you can have one of these languages, some of them are all of them. So I just want everybody to know, just start now, just start that process. And now um, I, and remember, this... I remember what I wanted to tell you, sorry. Oh, for good. It was your uh, explanation about the telephone. Yeah. I think that's a fabulous explanation because for me, uh, I get information in dreams and the ones that I know that are real always come on the telephone. So I answer the telephone in the dream. And there's one specific one I've probably shared on my show before, 
when my sister asks me what the baby is going to be, because back in those days, there were no, you know, telling you boy or girl. And so I said, well, I'll ask for a dream. And I go to sleep and the telephone rings in the dream. And it's my sister talking on the phone saying, it's a girl, eight pounds, six ounces. So I call her back the next day and say, you're going to have a girl, eight pounds, six ounces. And then three weeks later, she has a baby. And when the doctor tells her it's a girl, eight pounds, six ounces, she's my, it's, it's uh, my niece, Dai-Dai. She's surprised. But when it comes on the phone, I know that it's a fact. And you're the first person to ever validate that my phone calls are <laughs> the ones in my dream. That it's truly, it's never an error. It's never like a dream phone call. It's a message. And I think that the phone has always been for me before technology, my most important way of communication. So mm -hmm. I think that's maybe why I chose that. I don't know, but I just know when the phone rings in the dream, listen to that message. It's very important. So I want Absolutely. to thank you for sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, it literally is a, like a phone and it's the clear direct channel tapped into spirit where your mind's not thinking about it. I, I really love that you shared that story. It's 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 so neat. Yeah, I get again. I'm like it's so cool. It's so neat. I go back into that that sense of awe uh, when I hear those things. So thank you for that. Well, I've really enjoyed having you here today, and I was wondering if you could just say a little bit about the things you're doing. If you have an upcoming book, any upcoming classes, or anything that you could share with the audience, so that. They'll know how to find you, though we will have these things on our description. I'd like you to just say some of it for people who may not be looking at the description yet. Sure, absolutely. So I can't reveal anything about the book yet, um, but I know it's coming and, and we're excited spirits manifesting that. So stay tuned, uh, still stay connected with me and we'll tell you. But uh, what we do have for you, we've got a couple different things. So if you are out there wanting to learn more about how you can connect with your spirit guides, I have a free class that I open and sometimes close depending on when the dates are. So I'll give you the link. So you'll either get on the wait list or you can choose your time. And it's messengerofspirit.com forward slash class. And it is my class to help you talk to your spirit guides and understand more about your spirit guides. And then I also have a spirit guide meeting planner. It's digital. Did I say that right? Digital and downloadable. And it will help walk you through having a meeting with your guides. And you can go to messengerofspirit.com forward slash planner to learn more about that. And the best way to connect with me is over on my website and my podcast. I'd love for you to listen, Spiritual and Ambitious. Go to messengerspirit.com forward slash podcast or find me in your favorite podcast listening app. And you can always find me on Instagram and pretty much almost any social at Messenger of Spirit. Send me a message. Let me know your ahas from this episode. It'll be really great to connect with you. And thank you so much, Gail, for having me. This has been an amazing conversation. I mean, just for me to talk to somebody else who really understands it, but I, I hope that we shared a lot of knowledge to help everybody out there watching and listening. Well, I've enjoyed it as well. I would love to, I'm wondering if we have five minutes, if you could pull a card for me, for me to end yeah, on. Yeah, let's do it. I That'll love pulling cards. End. Yeah, oh. it's one of my... My favorite things to do now. I, I feel so connected to the deck. So I just pull cards. Yes. In fact, I, I, I have to talk to you after our show ends. So don't leave after we end. Sure. <gasps> this one's coming up so much. I, I looked at it. I'm like, of course, this one comes up. Uh, so this is the card of the butterfly. Oh, and, my favorite. And it's a uh, break through your limit. So, but this card could have a different meaning for you, right? Because of the butterfly. And, you know, one of the things that I've seen is that female spirits tend to send butterflies and I'll see this a little bit more. And um, usually it's a loved one in spirit that comes through as well. And I'm just saying this out loud for anybody listening or watching, because this might have a message for you if you've been wanting to hear from them, but it also comes with a number three. So three may have a specific connection there for you and it's breaking through your limits. So it's, you know, breaking through the cocoon, you're spreading your wings, you're going higher. It's time to kind of ditch any limiting beliefs 
and know that spirit has you. And, and one of the descriptions in the book that I've written with the cards is for spirit, you know, sometimes we forget how easy it is to fly, like just like a butterfly, just flying upon the waves of the air. And what's interesting is sometimes we forget that spirit's there because, but it's the same as air. We don't see the air, but when we do this, we feel the wind. <laughs> so just recognize that spirit is there. Even if you feel like you can't sense spirit, spirit's always there to help you. So thank you, Gail. That was fun. Thank you. That butterfly is a very close, uh, I don't know what to call it, but I have a very close relationship with butterflies where they will land on my finger. I can just go stand next to them and I just put my finger out and they just hop on. Mm -hmm. And um, I healed a butterfly once that I was in a temple in Mexico carrying this butterfly because it was wounded. And by the time we finished, after I'd been carrying it through all this, all of a sudden it got healed and it took off and took flight. So I feel very, very connected. And, and my question had to do with my, my book will be coming out this year. And my question was, am I on the right thing about doing this, putting this book out? And your card makes me feel very affirmed that I'm on the right track. So I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And I did want to stay with the number three for me, writing always comes up with three. So in fact, I was going to mention that and I got moved on to something else with the symbols that I wanted to share. And so definitely. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like we picked a really good card. We so did, I want to yeah. thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed this talk and I love meeting all these new wonderful comrade people that are on a similar path. And it just makes my day start off in a really great, <laughs> wonderful way. So I want to thank you. And I want to thank our audience here for listening, signing in, subscribing, sharing, commenting, love your comments. Uh, we'll be having new shows starting in 2023. This is our last show for 2022. I think we ended it on a wonderful note. Get in touch with your intuition, your spirit guides, and keep on the path. And remember, share your stories because stories can heal. Bye.